recursive how? Well, because, you know. <laughs> but it's only one level recursion, right? There's only one level of recursion, yeah. Uh, if the fetus were female, then uh, she would have eggs as well. So there's, you know, yeah. you're getting there. But Then, then it, can, it can go there yeah, to, yeah. to the next level. <laughs> That's a fair point. So, uh, welcome to Defen on that uh, quote-unquote joke from Ray. <laughs> this is episode number 62. It's an obs- uh, obs- uh, humorous observation, I would say. Should we, should we explain the joke as well? Because probably people wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. No, no one knows I'm knocked up. Uh, and I'm sorry, <laughs> depending, on when this, uh, depending on when this gets released, like, I hope, hopefully I'll have my Twitter account back up by then so I can promo it. Ah, okay. Because I was looking for your your account. And by the way, we I'm recording now, so you can see. Well, we can oh. chop this shit out, so that's okay. No okay. <laughs> um, oh yeah, uh, I, I got stressed. Uh, I didn't want the FBI coming to my door uh, <laughs> for tweeting. So. Oh okay. Uh, because I was looking for your your account, and then it said uh, I can't reach it. So maybe it's my VPN or something. So. Yeah. No, I got a. I got I got too stressed reading about all the COVID stuff. I had to get off. Ah, uh, that's it. That's a good. That's a good good call. Especially with all the anyway. I mean, let's not let's not you know make this yeah. um, episode <laughs> about uh, another pandemic podcast. You know, like fuck it. There is there is enough news in the world already. So let's keep it into uh, into, into closure side of the world. Hopefully, at least for yeah, one I think hour, uh, Mia know? being knocked up is actual news that people are interested in. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, Mia, so. you are not. You are not. You are. <laughs> let me make another joke. <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, no. Oh, okay. You are not a Mia closureist. <laughs> mm. You are uh, far more than that. That's true. <laughs> no, the Mia. Has not, it's never been made a joke of that. Fact. No, oh, okay, I okay. see. Because yeah. of your accent, so it puts yes. the yeah, R exactly, at the yeah. end. Of I mean, it. He, yeah, 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 yeah. His, yes. his granddad jokes are now multi-level. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, that, that they're, they're moved on to like accents. Yeah. And that, that doesn't work in, and... in 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 my language uh, where my people uh, <laughs> live. Uh, I did a I, I nanny for an Australian family that used to call me Miar. Uh, oh, Miar, Miar. Actually, that's that. That's what I notice whenever Ray speaks. Everything that ends with an A, I hear an hint of R. If he says Java, I hear Java. And apparently, he can hear it too, and he thinks that's how it's supposed to sound. No, 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 no that's not no, how it's supposed to sound. No, I, I think I'm there is thinking, something wrong with him. No, I'm thinking of Mia <laughs> as in M E R E. Yeah, I know, and there's there's no yes. R. In so there's Mia. not that the R the R is not at the end. It's Mir. But yeah, when, I mean, which is like no Mia. Mia. There's no R in Mia. I know there isn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no it's I like, in Mia. <laughs> it's not like the, you know, the the pirates be like Miar. You know, the, the, there is no, no R there. That would be good. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> anyway, right. Well, okay. um, it, it didn't work. I mean, at least Fine. at least okay. this is this is this is this is slightly better because I think you you are you have already suffered you know, being Ray in the same call <laughs> because of the apropos thing. So there is nothing new for you, I suppose, and and I'm. I'm surviving four years, so. Hang well, on. you know, it's it's nice because, like, usually when I don't get jokes, it's my fault, and I rarely don't get jokes. But when I don't get no, no, jokes, no, 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 it's, no. it's Ray's fault because they're not funny. Totally, totally. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this seems like, not you wrong, know, but you know, it's, uh... 
It's like people who are stinged by Ray Anonymous call now. Like, you know, like the, the, the group now. now we, we can just chat about how we are suffering through his bad jokes and shit. Okay, g- oh. give, give us another one. <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's me who's going to turn out be, to be the suffering one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm at least one Ray, episode. You're very funny. I know, no, I know, I know. Ah. <laughs> no, uh, no, he's not. Anyway. I'm not, no. <laughs> Well, actually, talking of uh, talking of uh, new things, you know, we've got a little puppy, and uh, so it's not quite as exciting as a little baby, obviously. Um, but they're much cuter. I don't know about that. <laughs> Wait, I mean, well, I mean you know, who, who are they? The puppies or the babies? Oh, puppies! They have, okay. you know, they have those floppy ears. Uh, they're born with yeah. hair already on their bodies. <laughs> That's cute. That's true. I was going to say they don't piss and shit everywhere, but it's, that's their similarities. There are similarities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get a nappy on a little shit. That's for sure. You know. <laughs> How old is the puppy? He's four months, and uh, we've called him Eula, E-U-L-A, um, because uh, you know, well, it's, it's a long backstory. And there's, it, it's really related to sort of how me and Erica and the kids are going to relate to him. But in the end, you just have to accept it and move on. <laughs> what? It, Is this an like oiler end, joke? No. No, it's end user licensing <laughs> agreement. Yeah. Oh, I thought you put it. I thought you said E U L A H. I heard an H at the end. And I. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Clearly, your A's are corrupted. Either with R's or H's. <laughs> the thing is, she thinks I'm cleverer than I am. See, she's thinking it's a joke about some fantastic mathematician. And I, I was waiting for a... like, waiting for like, oh, like a uh, you know the, the dog like is, is, is a pointer, uh, shortest oh, distance right. between two points. Like I don't know, just something. Uh, no, I think uh, I think no. Dog already started doing all the Project Euler problems on 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 the internet, <laughs> and then it's already level level two hundred and seventy three or something. You know, like, <laughs> like super I, I, smart dog. I uh, I have the same uh, Euler project ranking as your puppy, <laughs> so I have done as many Euler project problems. Well, me and you and the puppy are all in the same ranking. Man. <laughs> It should be funny though. I mean, if they say, "Oh, you know, our, our puppy is super smart," they're like, "Oh, you know, can can it fetch a newspaper?" No, I mean, she's at like P equals <laughs> NP. You know, that already just went puppy to that level. Equals yeah, non-puppy. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's at the that funny level thing is, it, you know, of course, you know, the funny thing is that we we kind of say, "Oh, yeah, he's not biting as much. He's very advanced, you know. He's a very advanced puppy." <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to catch yourself, you know. <laughs> Being a total twat. <laughs> anyway, hello, anyway. Mia. How are you doing? Hi, I'm. I'm all right. I'm a little, a little nervous about this. Uh, I haven't really had a thought in weeks. <laughs> uh, I just sort of pitch my round body around my environment, groping blindly for food like a jellyfish. I thought uh, you would be so, pregnant with ideas. Uh, no, no, no. Just, uh, just fetus. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I can remember things. Um, been working, so uh, that's that's cool. Uh, except I'm sort of keeping the same hours as my colleagues in Japan uh, because that's oh, the hours the right. fetus keeps. So <laughs> I'm glad I have colleagues in Japan that I can say hello to at 11 p.m. 
So the baby can already speak Japanese by the time uh, it arrives. <laughs> Isn't that be fun? Yeah. Uh, well, we're we're watching a lot of Korean know. dramas, so we assume he's going to come out speaking Korean. <laughs> <laughs> we love them. We can't get enough. Uh, yesterday, I sent my husband a, a YouTube tutorial on how to cut your hair like like the K-pop stars. Uh, Whoa! Because and and he did it. He cut my hair. He fixed it. Uh, it looks great. So nice. I'm. Uh, oh, that's the okay. Yeah, this is this is the this is the K-pop men's haircut. It's called the two block. Wow! Oh, yeah. All yeah. Right. I think well, we're, we're all fans of K- after this last week. We're all fans of the K-pop, you know. I the teens are so powerful. I'm afraid of them. <laughs> I, I'm very I'm very scared of them. Uh, they're just you know they 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 they're using the internet to organize, uh, and organized teens are the most frightening force on earth. They have no yeah. fear. There's so many of them. Well, so, someone's someone's got to do something fucking good. So let's hope they will. <laughs> the I mean, they've had a good they've had a good week. So you know, I'm all, I'm all for them this week. I'm all for the teens. <laughs> it, it it goes in either direction. I think sometimes you're like, oh fuck, what are they up to now? And then oh, what are they up to now? <laughs> I I was walking yeah. my dog uh, and I was wearing UGGs. The you know those, those horrible those horrible sheepskin boots because um, I was yeah. sick. I was sick at home walking my dog wearing Uggs mm. and uh, I, I walked the dog past a middle school while they were outside and mm. all of these teens said, what are those? Like, like wow. the ugly shoe meme. It, I was, I was humiliated. <laughs> um, I was just, just full of, of, of fear of, of these teens for just, just owning me brutally while I was walking my dog. <laughs> um, but then I remembered that they're behind a fence uh, and I can go home and get in a car and drive. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but you could have, you could have become a meme, you know? Like that's that's a super uh, oh, famous yeah, thing for to the be grace of days. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so anyway, um, so what are you working on these days? Maybe uh, to to shift the gears a bit. Maybe, maybe, we should say, stuff, maybe we should say who you are, Mia, actually. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I, you know, I know who you are, and VJ yeah. sort of knows who you are, I think, because yeah. he's such a super fan of Apropos. That's true. I watched like uh, five minutes of the entire Apropos stuff so far on YouTube. Oh, well, wonderful. He wants, that's it, more than I've watched. He's <laughs> 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 I mean, got the same, same this podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, maybe maybe a quick introduction to the people um, who don't follow Apropos. They should probably on on YouTube. I mean, you've just yeah, given yeah. them a great recommendation, VJ. But you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, look. I mean, if I'm into something, that's a disaster, like Defen. So if I'm not into something, that means that's amazing. <laughs> you know, that, that's it's like a positive thing. Like you know, all the things that I don't recommend are really good stuff. <laughs> Well, we've got uh, this. This whole podcast is just self-effacing. It's just going to be all of us just roasting ourselves for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, we, no. We, I, to be to be honest, I really think I'm great. You know, so it's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank God. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> At least one of us has some modesty, so that's good. 
<laughs> uh, anyway, so let's let's go to the introduction first. Yeah. yeah. So tell us who you are a bit, Mia. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Mia. Um, Clojure is my first uh, programming language that I ever had a job in. So I've been working mm-hmm. in Clojure for about five years now. Uh, and, um, you know, I... Uh, oh, I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, but you weren't—you weren't a programmer by kind of like birth, were you? You know. I know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, no, no, but some uh, people are—they like go through school and everything, and they want to be a programmer. Like you know, people want to be priests or whatever. You know, but that wasn't. Well, me, you know, it? it was never even an option for me. Like I had 15 minutes on the computer every day. Right, that was what I was allowed to have. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I, uh, I was a geologist from birth. Uh, I've been collecting rocks and identifying them since I was 18 months old. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not a joke. Wow. Oh, uh, that's actually okay. how my mother knew that there was probably something kind of wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that, that's how she knew you rock. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god! See that one was funny. Speaking, you know, like oh, after four years, I, I do, I do get some sort of <laughs> shitty jokes from Ray. You know, there is something after he four has, years. You get some shisty jokes from Ray. <laughs> uh, no, that's a. <laughs> I just, I think it's important not to take any geology jokes from for granted. You know, they're really rare. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I have a master's degree in geochemistry. Um. And uh, while I was studying geochemistry uh, in Wisconsin, I went a little bit uh, uh, not well, Uh, had to leave, Uh, had to leave Wisconsin, had to go to where sunlight was, and ended up just driving all the way to San Francisco. Um, I got a job in rural Nevada, but I wanted to see San Francisco. So I got here and I was like, oh, this is the most beautiful place that has the best weather. I will never be depressed here because I will never see a snowflake again. Um, so I decided I was going to learn how to program. Uh, and <laughs> when in Rome, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to move here and I didn't, it, it didn't, you know, the, the thought occurred to me kind of gradually while I was working this, uh, this kind of, uh, I was working for a nonprofit in rural Nevada um, and I was mm. managing their websites and just writing just really shitty HTML, uh, but looking for ways to automate my job, looking for ways to automate the spreadsheets I was using. And I, I found that I was starting to like the, the tweaking of what I was working on more than mm. actually using the tools themselves. So I thought, mm. oh, like, like I could... I could learn how to program and move to San Francisco and get paid a lot more to do the same thing I'm already doing, but with less shitty tools. So um, <laughs> that was back in the early days of programming boot camps. And I did mm. a programming boot camp where uh, they taught me object oriented programming. You know, we learned Ruby uh, and JavaScript at the time. Uh, we were still, like jQuery was still the big thing, you know. Like uh, Angular was just coming out. Um, And, uh, you know, it it was fine. Like it was, it was all very easy. I got really bored. Um, (laughs) So I uh, started looking for other things to do. I saw this, uh, someone did a Reddit, someone did a, a 
linguistic analysis of all the programming subreddits to see which programming subreddit was the happiest. Mm. And uh, <laughs> the, the one with the happiest people typing in it, according to this, uh, this linguistic sentiment analysis, was Clojure. And I thought, I don't know what Clojure is, uh, but the JavaScript people look miserable, which I know I'm miserable when I'm writing JavaScript. So, uh, you know, if the misery correlates, the happiness probably does too. And I want to be happy. Uh, wow. I've never heard that before, actually. Uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, so I started learning closure, and uh, it was it was beautiful. You know, right away, mm. you you look at you look at a lisp, right? Any lisp, and there, there's mm. nothing extra mm. in it. Mm. You know, you're it's like poetry, mm. right? It, it cuts out a lot of uh, a lot of the boilerplate. I hated the copy and pasting. Um, I always had this this feeling every time I was making a new class just to hold one you know, one object, one method, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, like you want to make tea. And so you, you build a cottage for the teapot and uh, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, it, it felt, it just felt clunky. And so when I found mm. uh, functional programming, it was like, Oh, like this, this is beautiful. This makes sense. I'm really excited about this. Mm. Um, and I just kept uh, introducing myself to people as someone who was learning closure until eventually someone hired me. <laughs> So when you know you kind of like you got the subreddit and you were feeling happy and I mean uh, yeah because I've never heard that but you know to me that's a much better reason than a lot of people say things like oh I saw this bullshit on Stack Overflow and they said they were the best paid programmers but being the happiest programmers that re that resonates with me much more because I was a miserable fucking programmer I'm still a miserable person but I was I'm a happy <laughs> programmer now I, I agree with you you know because definitely closure kept me programming. Because, you know, so it's really great. You're at the other end of your career. You're just starting and it's making you happy. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering really where, nice. you, where you, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how you transitioned from this like desire to join the gang, you know, into, you know, actually doing it. What, 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 what path did you take to, to actually realize that ambition? Do you mean like how did I, how did I teach myself? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I could just say it very simply like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess there's You're more right. than that, right? Like, like you know, there there is a whole community, especially out here, and that's you know, and that I was very lucky that I'm here because at the time mm, there was yeah. this really thriving closure meetup scene. Right. So, right. and you know, I was unemployed; like, I didn't have anything to do except go to meetups, and uh, the closure <laughs> meetups were also the only ones I wanted to stick around for. Like, I went to a right. JavaScript meetup once, and that was horrible. Uh, men talked to me. It was no men talked to me at the closure meetups. It was great. Uh, well, you know, like, like they didn't try to pick oh, me up. Right. They like talked to right. me about oh, like okay. my That's work, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just a just a totally different, very respectful experience. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So you know, and you you meet people that way, and uh, mm. you get to know people who who know things, who are really excited about this language, right? There's a lot of mm. there's a lot of passion about it, mm. and people want to talk yeah. about it, and they want to help you learn it. So I got a lot of resources. Um, probably the the resource that helped me the most in actually learning it was uh, Karen Meyer's Living Closure. Uh, right. I just right. I worked my way through that book, and that was very very helpful. Just uh, the way it was written was um, really mm. good in teaching. Uh, pretty idiomatic closure, and uh, some of the more. Uh, 
some of the stuff, some of the more arcane stuff that I still don't use. Mm. Right. But it's in there and it's nice to, it's yeah. nice to be able to work through it in a way that makes sense. And the other thing is it teaches you how to make a website right away. So, mm. uh, you know, uh-huh. just a really simple, like, like a hiccup web page. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can stand up, a, you can stand up your own website. And then from there I learned closure script so that mm. I could make things to show people. Mm. Uh, and that was, it was really, it, it felt really good to have my pretty web app mm. and the code was pretty too. Mm. And it was small, you know, like I, ma- I made a web app that uh, would call the, um, the BART API and just help me because I, I was between two different stations. So it would tell right, me which station okay. to go to to get to the train faster and get to the city faster. Um, and is BART and, a Californian thing or a San Francisco Oh, it's the thing? train. It's, yeah, okay. it's the, the Bay Area Rapid Transit is what it stands for. Right. right. Is it really uh, rapid? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's rapid for us. I mean, <laughs> like, you know. The United States is very train challenged, uh, as I'm sure you know. Uh, so uh, when I first got here, it was like a revelation, right? I mean, I I love yeah. trains. Yeah. So like for the first year, I was commuting into the city and just standing on the train platform with this huge grin on my face, watching the trains go past. Like, <laughs> oh, like, this is this is the life. Like we're on a train yeah. and everyone's like hunched and miserable and carrying their, their lunchboxes, their little wilted umbrellas, right? Because like they, they felt yeah. a sprinkle, right? We, we hate weather here. If we, if we see a raindrop, it's just like, it's disaster. And like, wow, <laughs> on a train, amazing. Uh, but you're but, in the wrong country so, for trains. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> oh man, we went to Japan for our honeymoon. We wanted to move there. We were just like, we're gonna like just live just here. for the trains. <laughs> just for the trains. Yeah, we're just gonna live. I, <laughs> I got to ride on 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 the the Shinkansen, right, the bullet train, uh, mm. and w- when I first saw it, oh, it was so beautiful, sleek and shiny, and roaring into the station. The, the sound mm, they mm, make, mm. and it was like meeting a celebrity. And then you get on the train, and you, it's like meeting a celebrity that smells like old food. Because uh, <laughs> everyone eats these, uh, <laughs> these these very fried bento boxes in it, right. and so the, it just like smells like uh, like like a stale fryer on the inside, which <laughs> I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, it's not nice. Uh, yeah. But, but apparently, in Japan, every every station's jingle is composed by somebody. Apparently, I Ooh, just knew, knew this that. recently because I was watching some uh, James May in Japan or something on Amazon Prime. Okay. So he, he one episode was about the trains in Japan, and then he actually went to one of the guys who's no, no the guy who is actually making these tunes for every station. So the jingle for station is done by somebody apparently. Oh, that's charming! I love that. Yeah, that's that is cool. Yeah, well, and they so, have a Google Maps just works so well in Japan, okay. uh, and I love Google Maps. Google Maps is my favorite piece of software of all time. I think it's uh, unequivocally. As you know, it's one of the only good things we've ever used a computer for. Um, yeah. Make I mean, apart from writing closure. Yeah. yeah, apart from writing closure. <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess apart from the fact that it's kind of like tracking you all the time, you know. <laughs> well, but that's, that's true. you know, that's, that is not a fault. The software itself could be separated from the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the yeah. tracker. Yeah, right, the, but, the idea, uh, the scale yeah. of it, and and the utility of it is is crazy. I mean, I don't think, I mean that because because I grew up with with 
no cell phones and, and then you know all this shit came up and then suddenly i don't need to ask for directions anywhere and i was You're just wondering lost. like you know you, yeah exactly mm, and, yeah, and the weird yeah. thing is if i if i want to uh, you know rent a place or something i can actually do like a street view and then see you know how the location is which is un- unbelievable well, it's, and just it's like the, the sheer power of, of never being lost again, right? It eliminates mm-hmm. a lot of the fear of being on your own, fear of traveling, yeah. fear of being in cities. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have that fear. And uh, if that's, that's a gift. And in yeah. Japan, they tell you which side of the platform and which bay to get on. So like, wow. they're like, you want to mm-hmm. be on cars uh, six through eight. And you're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, not, it's, it's also because level, Japan's, yeah. you know, maintenance is like that. If you go to India, they'll say train in three days, somewhere <laughs> in the middle of somewhere, you know, like something like that. But actually, Google did really, uh, I'm not sure if it does still yet. Maybe they do, because in India, we don't have this, um, you know, like lanes and whatnot, because we don't care, you know. Um, <laughs> so, you mean in, you know, on, the street, on the roads, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We don't have yeah. lanes. It's like everybody can go everywhere. And also, if you ask for address oh, something, okay. they'll say, you know, go until you find this temple and then turn left on that temple and then there'll be a tree right. and then turn right there and then there is a tea shop. Actually, right. Google's uh, directions are like that in, in, in Google Maps right. there. Right. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. They'll oh, actually write down man. something like go until this, this you know, mm. tea stall or something mm. and then turn right at this tree or whatever or at movie theater. <laughs> because we don't have lanes and shit and whatnot in Google Maps. I mean, in that's- India, so... So it, it's giving directions the way people give directions. That's the way people yes. give directions in a small town. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It's the, the the model of direction, right? That the directions data model is completely different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. But it is. It is. I mean, it is. A, it is certainly one of the magical pieces of software. I mean, and also you know technically as well. The, all the tiles loading and with JavaScript. Mm-hmm. When when they started, like the, the shit was crazy. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, back ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when when Gmail was there, or you know, building all this sparse mm-hmm. or whatever that mm-hmm. you know we we get used to now. I mean, Google did push a lot. Now they're becoming like a well. I think it's like the Dark Knight, right? I mean, you you, you live long enough to become <laughs> the villain. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Speaking of good software, um, but let let's let me ask just you know the the key question of the podcast, and then we can just uh, go back to the trains <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> so Emacs or some other shit. I use FaceMax. Ah, finally, <laughs> that's that's that's. I, I was, you know, kind of hesitating because you know you said you 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 start with Living Closure and all this stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I started take, take with Intelligy. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a nightmare. But it, well, <laughs> you know, if I were living in a colder climate, uh, I think that you know the 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 lap warmer aspect is is really appealing. And uh, my my shameful secret is I still use it for global code searches. It's just it's so much better than yeah. Helm or Ag. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I switch to SpaceMax. Uh, really, the Vim key bindings are just very very nice. Um, yeah. But uh, well, frankly, I I just like the SpaceMax default color scheme. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is a pretty decent out of the box experience. Like you know, once you add the layer, everything is there, and it's super cool. Maybe yeah. maybe you should switch to Ripcrap. I mean, it's like it's it's way faster than AG, I think. But that's a that's a different digression. What I like, I I, I really the the global search is really the only thing that I like to have that visual UI for. 
for the most part, yeah, like yeah. the reason I switched off of IntelliJ was I was so tired of clicking. I just, you know, I never wanted yeah. to touch my mouse again. And, uh, you know, with Emacs, uh, with Space Emacs, you don't, and, you know, with, with Vim key bindings, especially, it doesn't hurt to never yeah. touch your mouse again. So, uh, yeah. um, that I think was, those shortcuts are so much burned into my feet muscles now. Like I, I, I cannot switch to, I keep trying different Emacs distributions just for fun, like Doom or you know, something like that. And I also have my own config from years ago. And every time I switch to some other thing, I, I keep missing, like, I know what SpaceFRP does. And then, you know, I, I'm used to that thing. I don't know what it is anymore. I don't yeah. know how to spell that thing. <laughs> no idea so, what it's called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you just get used to those shortcuts so much. It's it's really difficult to get off that thing. But yeah, yeah, nice. I am absolutely. I could never open a REPL in uh, vanilla Emacs. I would, I would just <laughs> I would just not know what to do. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> but well, the other thing I really like about it is you tap double space and then yeah. the menu appears and you can yes. search for the command. So if you know that there's a thing that you want to do that you think Emacs probably would do for you, but you don't know what it's called, yeah, you can find it. And sometimes yeah. you find the wrong thing, and that's terrifying because you end up in a buffer you've never seen before, and you don't know how to get out. And it's telling you it's a read-only buffer, and uh, force quit. <laughs> right, and you have to force quit. Uh, but for the most part, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I think that that that's the that's the whole idea, right? The discoverability of of you know, especially with a software that is that complex, you, you can't have menus, you can't dig through all the shit, and. It's the same uh, when if you're using an IDE, then you're used to this clicking buttons and stuff. Yeah. But IntelliJ is, is uh, pretty pretty good at shortcuts as well. I think they 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 were like really you know uh, trailblazing yeah, you, you in the Java IDE with, community. You can do everything with shortcuts, really. If, you, if but yeah. it, it's like one of these things, though, where maybe it's one of these things where you have to be disciplined to do it, whereas Emacs forces you to. So yeah. So yeah, I think exactly maybe it, that's yeah. the, maybe it's like it's like a lot of things in the world, you know. Probably why we like closure is that the defaults are good. So if you yeah. want to go yeah. with good defaults, then you know, if that, yeah. if that if those are the defaults you want, then it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like my whole Emacs config journey has been turning things on, but there's mm. nothing that I've ever wanted to turn off. Yeah. Which. Whereas, you know, like when you when you have a complex piece of software that doesn't have that easy discoverability, it's mm. it's it's not a pleasant experience, right? You know, mm. like mm. I I think Jira could probably do whatever I wanted it to do, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> how would I know? It's probably doing as well. We never know. <laughs> it's in the yeah. background sure doing everything that you yeah, want. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, I was trying this, um, uh, speaking of software, I think a couple of days ago, because I keep looking at all this no-code bullshit these days. Well, everything is bullshit. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> at that stage now in my life, I think. <laughs> so, um, you know, as the hitchhiker uh, says, and everything that is coming out now is just, you know, fucking useless and bullshit. So this this no-code crap. And then I started using um, AWS Amazon Honey Pot, Honey Code, whatever. Oh, my God. It's so horrible experience with the... With the editing shit in that crappy UI. Mm. It's, I mean, I, I because th there is code. I mean, there is something, right? Because it's it's basically like a spreadsheet and then linked apps. Okay, it's it's a web-based Microsoft Access, more or less, I think. I'm but looking this up now and painful. I'm so upset. Yeah, this is yeah. this is awful. Like, you know, we've, we've spent, but I actually think this is a fundamental divide between programmers and people who aren't programmers. Yes. Is, uh, to yes. me, when I see a spreadsheet 
I see someone using a spreadsheet and uh, it's, I want to save them. Mm. Right. It's, it's like seeing, <laughs> yeah. it's like seeing a kitten in a tree. You're like, Oh, like, Oh yeah. no. Like, Oh, Oh honey, how did you get up there? Uh, I, how can I help you never, <laughs> how can I help you never, never do this again? And uh, to, to my friend, uh, she is, uh, she, she was a financial analyst. Now she's a product, mm. product manager and she sees a spreadsheet and she she's so happy her face lights up she makes them for everything we go camping there's there's like five google sheets for our camping trip <laughs> uh and so for that i could see the, this no code thing being very appealing but i think this is actually like this is this is a fundamental divide between not even, not even types of people but just th- there's a preference there either you love spreadsheets or you hate them yeah. and if if you're a programmer, chances are you started programming to not use a spreadsheet yeah. at some point. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. But so, I think if you, you know, just to roll back to Japan again, there is a 77-year-old gentleman in Japan who makes paintings in Excel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. send you the link at some point. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> would love to see He's just painting all this shit in, in Excel, like, because mm-hmm. every cell, you know, he's just using graphs and stuff and whatnot. And mm-hmm. because he was like, I'm not going to spend a lot of money on colors and shit. You know, I can just use Excel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to well, see that. It's so cool. Well, I used to, I used to work at uh, Toyota and um, in Toyota, everything is in Excel. So they mm-hmm. have spreadsheets, but they also do proposals and documents. There's no, they don't use do- Word um, <laughs> or Access or anything. They, they wouldn't make a document in Word. It, everything is in, in Excel. Excel. <laughs> everything. I mean, literally everything. So they have like, you know, if you want to make a, a graphic or a presentation or something, you have to do it in Excel. <laughs> wow. and, uh, but, but I think it's like, it's like one of, when, I mean, you know, we kind of, you can mock it, but you can, the other way of looking at it is to say, it's a tool which has got everything and you can master. It's like the, the Emacs comment, you know, in the end, you can find a way. It, probably Excel has the capability to do, to do something that you want oh, yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, you can find it. You know, so you can do drawings in it. You can do press. You can do everything. Oh, I believe there's be, a, even a little game in it as well where you can. Yeah, do there used to be a flight simulator control, you know? <laughs> on Excel. Yeah, yeah. There used to be a flight simulator. There was like a um, yeah, yeah. Easter egg or something. Yeah. Oh, that was hours of fun. Office, yeah. yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I, I heard a, I heard something that it, you know it was a Ray joke, so it was a joke, but it wasn't real. A really a joke, which is that uh, mm. spreadsheets mm. are. Uh, mm. They're mm. they're a functional mm. language. They're one of the only pure yeah, functional yeah. languages. And like, that makes sense. Yeah. If, so if, if you are a person who's used to working in Excel and who really likes it, I could see how the, this no code thing yeah. is good for you. I can see it bringing, like, basically what it's doing is it's getting rid of our jobs. So that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they've yeah. been trying this since 4GL shit, you know, like this has been, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's not there, right? It's the programmers trying to build something to replace themselves, to avoid yes. building crud apps. Yeah. I think it, 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 there is no, I, I was a bit, yeah, maybe, maybe I was a bit too harsh on, on myself because I'm a programmer. I'm part of the community. So I think it's always like, you know, how can we enable people to do something, you know, by themselves? That, that, that right. was the idea. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah, things that yeah, you don't yeah. want to do. Like we, uh, we just started, it's a, it's a closure product, actually. Um, we mm-hmm. just started using a called Metabase. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that's that. been, at my previous position, I was responsible for maintaining our, uh, our report generators. Because mm-hmm. uh, in fintech, you have just 
so many reports. You have reports yep. going to everyone yep. all the time, and you have the same piece of data presented in five different ways to five different people. Yep. Uh, and um, MetaBase allows the people who want to the, the reports to make their own reports. So yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> not mm-hmm. having to generate a report allows me to do the rest of my job. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really nice. You know, that's like the MetaBase yeah. people have, have built a piece of software that replaces me and I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah. And also yeah. I think it's, it's, it's especially things like MetaBase or Power BI. I mean, these things, the, the advantage is that you're, you're giving the tool to the, to the people who know the domain. Yes. Like, you know, they, they'll ask me to build something like NDX or whatever, you know, there's something exposure or whatever. Like, okay, what the fuck is this? And you know, what is it supposed to be in between or something? But they know the implication of that one, right? They, they can present it better. So I, I think that there is some value for, for no-code things, but probably it's what I realized that it's not for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I spent like four hours in the night you know, until three o'clock and then trying to figure the shit out. And then trying to figure out how to copy paste things again and again, and then change one value, and and I couldn't do that in in notification whatever in Amazon Honeycode thing, and I started copying all this shit in Emacs, and then I did that in one go, and then copy pasted back again. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the whole it's editing experience you. is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's I just not realized you, this shit is not for me. You know, I I, yeah. I should just stop worrying about this shit. So maybe ask someone else to build this stuff, but. Find find uh, someone who makes Excel spreadsheets for everything and see if they like it, and that's exactly yeah. That's your test. <laughs> so, just uh, going back to uh, to, of to what we have so many to things me, to go yeah. back to. Yeah, going back to what yeah. So rewinding, like you know, because we started off with one level of recursion, and I think we've went many levels. Now. Oh, many levels. <laughs> so okay. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. So going back to you, you were saying that you were doing a website, but now you're in fintech. Obviously, there's been a bit of uh, a journey between you know the beginning and where you are now so what kind of like you got your first job doing closure script and a website i guess is what you were saying um so actually my first job was uh it was so i i did a website in closure script to present to these mm. people mm. who i was hoping would hire me um and they did even they didn't have the budget for it uh it was it was almost like it was basically like an internship but i got mm. to i got to get into the real work really quickly um, hmm. And that was, you know, they weren't they weren't planning on having a junior engineer. So it was me and these three incredibly senior people who hmm. were, oh. yeah, who were really uh, dedicated to good coding fundamentals. And that was really nice, right? Everything that I turned in got looked over, and I got some, hmm. I got hmm. very valuable mentorship from it. Um, and we were sort of building this. Uh, we built a Slack clone in, uh, it was in React Native mm-hmm. with uh, Firebase and mm-hmm. um, and the whole backend was in Clojure. And that was really interesting because um, I, I haven't actually met a lot of, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of places where you have a React front end with this, uh, these these dynamic databases mm-hmm. i don't i think that we had talked about switching to datomic but at the time we didn't really know that much about it it was still very new mm-hmm. um so i worked on both sides i worked on the react part and i worked on the uh, the closure backend and uh, the react part was really nice because it's still functional mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we started building internal tools for our uh 
for our non-technical people. And we did those in closure script. So oh, hmm. that was great. Uh, they were very pretty on the code side and very ugly on, <laughs> on, on the screen. <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. Cause, uh, Real both of us were like, tool side. <laughs> yeah, both of us were like, Oh wow. Bootstrap. This is, Oh yeah. God sent us bootstrap. Right. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I still that, feel that way about bootstrap. And yeah. my husband's well, like, that's what the like bootstrap, an artist. That's what the bootstrap, uh, strap line is, isn't it? You know, it's like, Beautiful, beautiful views for programmers who know shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My husband is like a, you know, he like he's he he trained as an artist, and now he uh, does um, he he contracts. He does like uh, React and Android contracts, and he's like, oh, Bootstrap doesn't let me do anything I want to do. <laughs> and I'm like, what a? How do you know what you want to do? Like, <laughs> like yeah. I want to make a box <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're very ugly, but they worked. And uh, it was, uh, you know, the um, reagent is really such a intuitive way to work with mm. React. You know, Clojure, Clojure Script is a more intuitive, better React because mm -hmm. with React, you're writing these functional structures, you're writing, you're writing in a functional paradigm, but you're still dealing with the limitations of JavaScript. And uh, you move that to closure script and you don't feel those limitations anymore. It's like you're building mm. with Legos. It's, mm. it's, it's gorgeous. You know, it looks like Legos on the page. So yeah. that was a lot of fun. Um, that startup folded while I was on vacation. Uh, I checked my email did, did, at the tapas did, did place in you? Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I checked my email. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was my birthday too. Um, oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, oh. It said severance docs, and I thought, oh, shit, I've been fired. And I opened mm -hmm. it, and I read the email, and I was like, oh, everyone got fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's unfortunately, it's still my day. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the Dutch, they love birthdays. Oh, yeah. So, and, and plus, uh, Donald Trump had just gotten elected president, so everyone was feeling bad for us. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we just went from bar to bar, like, it's my birthday. I just got fired. Donald Trump's my president <laughs> and just got completely smashed for free. So, you know, as, <laughs> as, as oh, that's far as you Probably the best closure stories. You know? <laughs> <laughs> As far as your startup folding goes, it could have been a lot worse. Um, and uh, they they gave me severance pay, which was really really nice. Right, part of the reason they folded mm. when they did was so everyone could have two months severance. And uh, by that point, you know, once you start working in closure, and people know you're working in closure, you're going to have someone who wants you to write closure somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I. Yeah. Yeah, so I came back and there were interviews waiting for me. Ooh, and nice. yeah, and that was like, that was the first time that I felt the uh, the business impact, I guess. Like like you, you said, uh, Ray, you mentioned that people start writing this because, you know, the closure mm. programs are highly paid or whatever. Mm. Like that really, I hadn't felt that. I hadn't, I hadn't chosen closure because it was a business mm. decision. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I actually chosen it for uh, emotional and aesthetic reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. But when I came back and I had these interviews waiting for me, I was like, "Oh, like I, you know, having a niche could be limiting, but it's also 
it's good, Mm -hmm. right? It's, uh, this is, this was a solid business decision I made. And when I started it, you know, (laughs) um, my friends at the boot camp, they had all gotten Ruby jobs right away. Mm. And they were like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) like, what is Mm -hmm. this? Um, and I felt, I felt my choices validated after that. So, mm-hmm. and then once you're in fintech, you're in fintech forever. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I was in fintech for, for now 15 years and, uh, that's I was forever. happy to leave it. To that's forever. Yeah. That's a, that's a <laughs> yeah, really, okay. yeah, in this yeah. industry, like, <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you were in fintech for six months, then yeah, that makes sense. But if you're in fintech for 15 years, that's fucking forever. Yes. <laughs> Closure makes sense for it, you know. Like yeah. cl- when closure, when you're when you're dealing with when you're dealing with money, right? When you're dealing mm-hmm. with people's finances, you have to have a very strong paper trail. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be auditable, uh, and like down to immutability at the code level, it makes sense. Mm. You know, you uh, like even the the data structures in closure are good for fintech mm, yeah and also the i mean mostly fintech is just shuffling data around right i mean it's just numbers and then you know from yeah. some shit from this end to that and we just shuffle shit around pretty much that and then yeah. somebody prints money out of it you know like uh, at the end of the day that's uh, well, that's what i realized working for a fintech for yeah long enough now oh all the all the, so all the csvs nice. all the ftps all the crap that is floating around and, and then weird looking Excel sheets and yeah, but, but these are all making money for somebody else. You know, that's good. But what feels better? What feels better than turning just an angry looking slaw of characters that you get from some <laughs> ancient bank that's yeah. using, you know, this yeah. thing that was written in COBOL, right? Yeah. And yeah. they send you this, uh, they send you this wreck yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you yeah. run it through a parser and it makes beautiful <laughs> data structures <laughs> and then you send those data structures down your tubes and they go to the yeah, right places. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's, it's so clean. It's such clean work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it sounds a bit like, yeah, sort of uh, financial sewage work. But, you know, I guess <laughs> given the way the financial system works, that's perfectly apt description, I think. Hey, but the sewers are super clean. That's the whole point. <laughs> I do consider myself a data plumber primarily, you know? Yeah, that's... That that and, makes sense. That's yeah. basically what we do, right? I mean, yeah. in, at least in mostly in in fintech, because we're not we're not trying to you know move big machines or anything. It's mostly pick up some weird looking file from here, reconciliation, whatever the fuck that is, you know, some some other naming thing, and then filter it out, combine it with a couple of other things, and then throw it into some other's account, and then and then they get money. Just super yeah. cool. Well, and we use Kafka, <laughs> and Kafka is just yeah. such a beautiful way to transmit data. Yeah. And closure yeah. is a great way to interact yeah. with Kafka because you have the Java yeah. interop. Uh, yeah. Everything is immutable. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's pleasant. Uh, it's pleasant work. Uh, mm. Love Kafka. Yeah. I think Kafka is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's happening over there recently? Because I mean, I kind of I remember looking at Kafka a couple of years ago and they were doing the Kafka streams and all these kind of things. Is is anything went beyond that now? I mean, they had the Kafka screens and Kafka SQL, and that's the last I kind of heard from them. But is anything else uh, moving in that world? 
I don't actually know because we're not really using any of the new stuff. There's not really like the, the established stuff just works so well. And yeah. Kafka streams is, is really well established right now. The mm. stateless to like um, stateless topologies, right. Being able mm. to build this. Uh, so I, have you used Kafka at all, Ray? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So maybe yeah, not this, everyone this, has though. So it's maybe it's worth, uh, Right, so a, you have this to, uh, in in Kafka streams. You have this, uh, you have this this concept of a topology. Hmm. So you have a series of stateless transforms, and there there are some stateful ones too. You can stick state. You can do like a window join or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, it's it's very functional. It's very clean. So you have a stream of data, and the stream of data goes into your topology, and you perform stateless transforms, and it comes out in the other end. You can send it to multiple different streams. So you can have one stream that goes in and you might have it go to an alerting system and you might also have it go to a database and you might also have it go to another place where another set of transforms is performed on it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Clojure is just a very clean way to write those topologies. So mm -hmm. we use yeah. Jackdaw, which is Funding Circle's uh, mm -hmm. Kafka wrapper. It's really nice. Uh, they've mm -hmm. done a lot of great work on it. I think the the, the main thing uh, because um, the, the people, uh, both of the folks that uh, built Onyx, uh, they're now working at Confluent. Um, Michael, uh, Michael, yeah. and um, uh, fuck, wow, uh, friends of the, the show. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can see the Twitter Twitter image, yeah, yeah. but I but I <laughs> I'll look it up. Oh, um, but I think the main thing there is that uh, they're they're. they're changing or at least the idea is that to change kafka into sort of a database like a streaming database i think this, mm -hmm. this, this has been picking up in multiple places now um the whole idea is to have the ksql db and you know you can just mm -hmm. create a sql query and then it's mm -hmm. it's continuously streaming data and you can just join them but that was um, the whole thing wasn't it with um with uh, the the big the intensive data guy martin kleppman yeah, yeah, yeah. Who great, uh, was like turning exactly. yeah. the database inside out? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, um, the data intensive applications. I, I think the whole, the whole idea, yeah, the whole idea of basically saying that really the database these days, you know, if you really look at it, it's based around the log. So let's just rather than rather than sort of pretend <laughs> that there's yeah. a sort of database uh, behind the log, let's just make the log a first class citizen, and then we can do what yeah. we want on top yeah. of that, and that, that's playing out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is really it's, interesting. It's, I haven't looked at this at all because you know we're using Datomic, so we're yeah. we're fixed for our database. Yeah. Um, because I think there is um, there is also a nice uh, paper, and uh, there is a database that I'm following because I, I also work on the data mostly, and then uh, providing the the dimensional model for the for the people uh, because I run the data team um, and designing it. Uh, I usually follow what is happening around it. There is something called timely data flow. That's a really uh, interesting idea of um, you can just point the database to some sources and you can eliminate the work of shoveling data into the database. And then you just create um, views, materialized views on top of it. And then just. Okay, just I was going to ask how is this different from a materialized view, but it sounds like yeah, this yeah. is a materialized. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the, the product that, that is called materialize. Uh, that that's the product, and so that's the database, and it has the um, like a PostgreSQL uh, compatible um, query system or, or the things, so you can just connect to it and then just use 
SQL to say, give me something and then join whatever. And behind the scenes, it's continuously fetching the data. Mm. So well, even, you know, even the shoveling stuff is, is moving away, actually. Uh, from uh, to, yeah. Talking of something which is like in the, the closure world um, mm. that is to do with immutable data that supports data log and also supports SQL, mm. the alternative to Datomic is this thing called Crux from Jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they use Kafka as a front end as well for yeah. ingesting transactions. So, I mean, from your perspective, Mia, this could be really, you know, like a marriage made in heaven, you know? Um, in fact, they, they built it for financial services. Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't, yeah. Jux is a, they're a consulting firm, right? Yeah, yeah like, like, like Cognitectar. Yeah. 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 So, huh. Crux is their database system mm. um, on yeah. top of, essentially Kafka, but also other, other backends as well, right? Like RocksDB. Yeah, but I think the main, things, well, the, main, the main idea is that you should be able to ingest data in a, in a sort of uh, transactional way that is repeatable. So mm. I think you can do it locally with RocksDB, yeah. but, mm. their, but their production topologies, production systems um, are based around Kafka, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. In it fact, was, uh, it was announced on uh, Defen, if I remember rightly. Uh, VJ, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of our scoops. You know, come on. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember Everything. reading about this because I remember reading about uh, this bitemporality content. Uh, yes, this yeah, exactly. concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is really good for fintech because, you know, yeah. obviously business days and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. That's one of the things we get out of Metabase is uh, right, they have right. these. Uh, you know this this uh, this temporal dimension that yeah. that's really helpful for the business side. Mm. Yeah, huh. that's like yeah. My, my favorite part of my job is uh, designing data models. I uh, love <laughs> love love data models. Can do that for hours. You probably should do uh, it in a spreadsheet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret weapon. <laughs> Well, you know, like if 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 this were Victorian times, then uh, if if we wanted to, we could be taxonomists. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't do that anymore because everything already has a name. Uh, yeah. So all you can do is uh, reorganize and taxonomize new things. Yeah. And uh, data model design is this kind of a uh, taxonomy of abstractions. It's, it's oh nice. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get into cool. all that stuff, can't you? With the uh... With the whole like Web three point zero stuff, you know, where everything is like uh, taxonomy and an ontology, and you know, it can get very uh, can get very abstract, pretty and some the semantic web, yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But these are all ideas that they don't know. Nobody, nobody, you know, like you you hear for some time, and then just the real world never conforms to these kind of things, right? That that is that is the challenge. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is that, like, because that's a kind of like top-down data model, essentially yeah. a semantic web. Whereas yeah. I think what what ends up happening in practice is that there kind of has to be a fuzzy data model really to match reality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that that's why maybe that's the difference between like static type thinking versus you know building stuff organically yeah, from yeah, from exactly. bottom up. I, mean, yeah. I really think that's true. You know. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Mia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh no! I'm re I'm reading about this. I'm reading about the semantic web because I just like forgot She's, about this whole thing. She's easily I know, I look, like, fuck, I look like I'm zoning out, but I'm <laughs> I'm reading semantic web stuff. But I'm also listening to you uh, because we uh, we just had a so my my workbook club just finished uh, data and reality, which mm -hmm. is probably my favorite uh, 
programming book and probably my like one of my favorite nonfiction books. Um, and, uh, it was written in the seventies and Ooh. it's about, I don't know it actually. So no what, what is it? Data in reality or unreality? Data and reality. Oh, data, data and reality. And, okay. Yeah. And it's about like, you know, the, the fundamental problem of, of computing hasn't really changed, which is the yeah, world true. exists. Yeah. <laughs> that is the bigger problem. <laughs> yeah. right, that's the biggest problem. Hey, given, <laughs> given, given 2020, know. you know, <laughs> so I far. Think, I think that's a scoping issue, Mia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean, really, right, like there, there's, there's two problems, right? There's two, yeah. there's two problems and there's <laughs> not, problem two. And they're, they're not problems that can be solved. They're things you have to deal with, right? And the first problem is the yeah. world exists. And the second problem is we're using computers. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. And... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this uh how the 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 fundamental question of how you represent the part of the world that you need to represent hmm. in your computing system in order to do what you need to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh that hasn't changed. That's always been there. And there's this uh data and reality is kind of the not really the philosophy thereof, but um a deep dive into the considerations of data model design hmm. and uh, some advisements on what could be best practices. But hmm. really it just, it's teaching you how to, how to think about these problems because we have them, they come up over and over again, right? Like, like you said, Ray, reality is fuzzy. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> data, yeah, exactly, yeah. data are not fuzzy. Um, and we, we got into kind of a little, uh, not an argument, but a discussion about uh, uh, this became a discussion about whether spec is better than types mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or whether spec is types. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. with, with spec, what you're getting out of it is um, you, you're getting the ability to make and change fuzzy types, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's predicate logic, isn't it? So yeah, it makes it fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. So well, isn't uh, it? Isn't it then just just to argue on the other side of it? <laughs> isn't it that, that the whole um, idea of this is it some sort of a constraint, right? We're putting some constraint on mm-hmm. the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So spec is bringing it into um, into non-compile time or, or you know it's it's yeah. bringing up into into your runtime thing but oh, the yeah. type yeah. systems are essentially moving them a bit into the compiler level right mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. because because that's what compiler is essentially doing it's it's a huge you know type system thing uh this is this is exactly call that, like, constraint, the constraint resolver that's <laughs> always, yes. always a discussion yeah yeah yes yeah. but you know um if if you're using closure uh how much and this this isn't a dig, right? This is a serious question for using yeah, yeah, closure. Yeah. How much compile time optimization are you actually interested in? Yeah, I think you know? it's 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 way way less that because mm-hmm. given given the problems that we try to solve with closure, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a bit less because this is what I see when I switch between say Haskell or closure or Rust or closure. There, there is significant amount of upfront thinking I need to do mm-hmm. uh, to 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 have the quote unquote constraint solver to to understand my constraints uh, mm-hmm. which is ex- which are expressed in types 
But in enclosure, well, I don't use spec that much anyway. I'm like, fuck it, you know, I'm, I'm getting this data. I need to transform this into something else and then move on. You know, that, that's, oh, the, that, that's, the, that's the thinking difference, I guess. I think the problem is that if you want to put things on the wire, you're kind of, you know, yeah. it, it, it yeah. doesn't, you don't, you don't care about spec unless you want to put things on the wire. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you're well, putting things know, with, on the with wire. With Kafka, everything's on the wire. So mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. We, we have Kafka validation, you know, that mm. the, the fastest way to make your Kafka system not fail is to put data validations on it. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, it makes, it's a huge quality of life improvement mm. and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe we would get those built in with types, uh, but yeah. being able to spec out these these very complex data types, mm. where like, oh, if it has this enum, then the following field can only have a number in it. But if it has this enum, then the field can have a string. And mm. being able to to spec that out and to mm. have mm. that mm. check there before the data goes in the wire. Mm. It's very useful, um, but spec is not types because yeah. it is not compile time, and um, it's it's not a replacement. I I would still like to see, the, the, you know, and this is a this is sacrilege a little bit, but I've I've always been interested in the idea of a typed closure. Uh, mm. I don't think I'd it's like sacrilege. I don't think it's sacrilege. I think it's, uh, you know, people have, you know, Ambrose has uh, yeah. tried it. So it's just, it's just tricky, isn't it? You know, I don't think, I don't, and I think the idea of spec is that it's kind of getting there. The question is, if you could, if you could take spec and compile it and actually use it with a compiler, you know, how close is that to a kind of um, typed closure? You know, the, the problem with typed closure, if I'm not wrong, maybe as you know better, VJ, but or, or Mia, you know, no, and, uh, there's no fucking way I know better. But yeah, I'm geez, gonna, I'm gonna. Fucking, why is my opinion? It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, of course, <laughs> Mia, Mia, you, you probably know better. But um, exactly. I do not. <laughs> yeah, but the, but as I understand it, the problem with it is that you know it's like it's fine, but the libraries are a problem because it, it, unless you've got like hints and kind of introspection and the ability for the libraries essentially to to be able to be typed, then you're kind of broken, really. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think it, it is like a it is like a virus, right? And it, it needs to mm. spread when, in, yeah. in a good way. Oh, fuck, I don't want to talk about virus or anything, but I think it's, it's, <laughs> you said it's the V word. Like, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't, a, it doesn't go high enough <laughs> R number. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the 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 trouble is where do you draw the draw the boundary between you know um, how much of the system is typed and and then. Yeah. Then the types need to be propagated into into the core, and then that mm, that mm. that that is the reason, at least from my point of view, I was thinking, this is why it will never be picked up in a language like Clojure or Lisp or Racket. You know, there could be a small area where you apply all these things, and then same with spec, right? I mean, if you, if you have spec, then you want spec to be everywhere, like including all the mm, core mm. stuff as well, um, which which makes sense. Then then you have the same constraints or, or, or an mm. expression of constraints in, in, in the entire language and ecosystem. I think that that's the that's the challenge. Yeah. So go, moving away from the philosophy for a little bit, Mia, how do you use spec yourself? I mean, how do, because you have it as validators and you like spec, so is it, how do you, how do you actually use it? So I talked about those topologies, right? 
So uh, Kafka, you know, there's 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 messages that are getting mm. passed around the tubes, and uh, it, I when when I when I think about it when I when I envision it in my head, right, I mm. see a series of tubes, and there's a little a little grating at each end, <laughs> and that grating is the spec. Yeah. And uh, if if it's the wrong shape, then uh, you're just not allowed to send the message out because mm. bad data chokes up a Kafka system. Mm-hmm. It uh, you have to you have to reset the offsets. You have to restart the whole thing. It uh, it's bad. You don't you never want to feed your Kafka system something it can't eat. Mm. <laughs> uh, or it, it just it gets very sick. Um, so the <laughs> we use a spec to make sure that everything that we're sending out is the right shape for Clean the downstream water. stuff. Yeah. yeah, Kafka itself doesn't care right because it's all if you just see it as as, yeah. as message bites and maybe right. maybe your your consumer is going to choke on, <laughs> so, on the crappy, well, it's like it's food. like oh I, I can't deserialize this yeah Help. exactly yeah yeah um yeah. and you're like oh i'm yeah. so sorry like i i, I hurt you <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think you're anthropomorphizing kafka too much maybe <laughs> <laughs> attaching feelings to the system Oh, well. I think you you can't help mechanical sympathy with these things, though, can you? you know? No, sort of like a, when when the when my Roomba charges, they they put they made the light on it uh, pulse softly like a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, right. you're like oh, it's, like it's my friend. Yeah, it's alive, and, and it's it's so stupid. It's one of the earliest Roombas, and it's just dumb as a rock. Which you know, I'm I'm giving. Yeah, it, exactly. Like. But it is really stupid. It just bumps into shit, and like that's how it gets around. And like the, <laughs> the new ones, I guess, can can map out a house. Uh, and Roomba, uh, Roomba is written in a Lisp. Hmm. There's a Roomba Lisp uh, yeah. that I forget what it's called. Um, I know it's written in one. Uh, hmm. So the new ones, you know, they they learn your house and they they map it out, and then they they go home to their little uh, the little chargers and sit down. And like the way our Roomba finds the charger is a. Uh, it bumps into shit closer and closer to the charger <laughs> until its charge plates accidentally make contact <laughs> with the charger. And then it docks and settles in and sings a little song. And you're mm-hmm. so relieved, right? The, <laughs> the, the suspense of, of watching Roomba try to charge itself is a, uh, it's, it's it's like it's like watching it's like watching a race or something like oh like like oh I I hope I hope you win this time, and obviously <laughs> it's not alive. Um, and if my other vacuum were as bad at its job as Roomba, then <laughs> <laughs> you just throw it away. <laughs> yeah, get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> maybe but... that's that maybe that is the reason why it is doing. You know, like if I do some cute shit, you think that it is okay, then I can do my real job shitty. Then you would ignore it. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, that's so many people. That's how I do exactly. housework. Yeah. Like, like, like that's, I how I, that's how I've been working for, I don't know, 20 years in the industry. You know, I just do some cute shit and then people think, oh, he's stupid. Let's keep him. <laughs> and then whatever I'm supposed to do, that's pretty like, crappy. <laughs> like, like, I don't cook. Uh, <laughs> that's how I don't cook. Um, it's just like every time I try, like something is 
there's there's like an eggshell in in the food and it doesn't even have eggs it's like how did this happen uh, <laughs> yeah well i had to i had to get the beans out of the bin so <laughs> there's a few carrots in there as well yeah <laughs> yeah. Anyway. yeah so you know it's it's hard to not anthropomorphize the machines that you work with especially uh at my yeah. previous job i spent a lot of time uh dealing with uh, Kafka systems, because you know we didn't have a lot of production problems. So our only production problems were mm. bad data problems, mm. yeah. uh, and it really does feel as if you have fed it something it can't eat. There's no, <laughs> there's no other way to describe that feeling. Like that's it's very it's a very intuitive way to think about it. You're like oh like this is a tube. I put something down the tube that mm. didn't go, and now it's vomiting. Well, that's what happens when, when you know, when you start using an editor that has barf and slurp in it, and then you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, that's pretty much what, what life is now. It's definitely the other way around, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to just, just to be a bit more prosaic, <laughs> stop the fun a little bit, but the, uh, what do you want to call it? The, uh, so do you actually write all your specs and by hand? I mean, how much of this, like, tech do you use? Do you use the generative stuff do you, do you, how much how much like we're moving to generative testing right now mm -hmm. yeah um right. but we actually all so our specs and all of our other we have a lot of records of mm. our data models mm. uh, we have them in a lot of different shapes so we have them in spec we have them in umlaut um we have graphical representations of them what, so what is umlaut? we have it's a templating uh, language. Oh, it's like UML. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Very clever. So yeah. we uh, we generate uh, UML from this. Um, right. And uh, we actually we have a really cool thing. Uh, I I made it. I didn't make it. <laughs> I I rehabilitated some weirdware for it. Uh, <laughs> but it uh it reads your Kafka topologies and spits out a graph of Ooh, how they nice. look. Yeah, it's really cool. Um. So we write one mustache file, which mustache mm. is another templating language. Yeah, yeah. And then that generates all of our different, uh, all of our different data. So it generates our spec, it generates our umlaut, it generates the graph as stuff. Mm. Um, so we don't actually write a lot of spec, which right, is good okay. because mm. writing spec is actually hard. I don't like writing it. I like mm. spec. I like using spec. I like the concept of spec. I do not enjoy writing spec. Uh, there's never having something else generate spec is always a better ergonomic experience. I don't know why. Maybe it, it looks like a different language. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it feels it feels so alien in the middle of of, of this closure stuff that you're writing. Uh, at least that's what my experience was with specs one. I haven't moved to specs two yet. It that's, still that, looks the same, yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't look like closure. Um, it's yeah. you have to be mindful of, you know, you have to be mindful of a lot more syntax. I think. Yeah. Right. Closure. Yeah. You have this kind of blissful, uh, blissful ignorance of a lot of syntax. Yeah. And that's mm. great. Uh, I I never want to see or think about a comma, for any reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with spec, you do have to be more mindful of syntax. Yeah. Uh, so it's, 
I've actually never, everywhere that I've been that's used spec has eventually come up with a generator solution for it. So we don't have to mm. write it. So what are the, so we've been, we've been uh, talking about, you know, how awesome closure is, which is, I think, uh, you know, on the spot for, on, on the, on the spot for the, for this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, what, what are the painful things that, that you see in closure or closure script? If any, I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the usual, right? The docs, yeah. uh, mm. you know, they've gotten, they're getting better. Closure script docs are very good. Um, mm. I actually found an error in the closure docs that I don't know how to call attention to, uh, or fix. Mm. <laughs> so and it's only an error if you're doing what I'm doing, which is copy and pasting something from the docs and then editing it. Um, but <laughs> it's a, I found a, I found a missing paren or something. Um, and uh, I, I think Alex will uh, take a bug report of a Twitter if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I should write a bug report for it. I should. I don't even remember what it was. Now I have to find it again. Uh, but you know, I think that the. The, the big pain point is people ask me, how do I learn closure? And mm. uh, I don't really know what to tell them. Yeah. I, I can give, I can give them a lot of, yeah, I can tell them what works for me, but that's not what works for everyone. Mm-hmm. And mm. there isn't really a, you know, someone who's learning. So, there's not the intended audience for closure is not someone who starts off writing closure and has only mm. ever had a closure job. Yeah. Which I actually think is a huge disadvantage to the language. Mm. Uh, I think that this, uh, this Java to closure pipeline, uh, mm. isn't ideal. Uh, mm. Java is not closure. And when you getting, getting programmers who are writing Java in closure is actually an anti-pattern. Yeah. And at least closure makes it harder to write Java in closure. You know, it's not Scala, which <laughs> yeah, will just exactly <laughs> uh, write a lot of the, the Java to Scala pipeline is huge, right? Scala is a bigger yeah. language and Scala yeah, is a bigger yeah. language because people just want to keep writing Java. They don't want to actually yeah, yeah, yeah. learn yeah. functional programming. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the Java to closure pipeline actually introduces a lot of anti-patterns into the code. Mm. And um, that I think is a little bit of a pain point, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, it's always easier to work on code that was written, uh, except, oh, then they use things like Juxt, right? Like, like a Haskell, Haskell to closure programmer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that is, that so, is you know, it, it, it's kind of a side effect, right? Because, well, side effect. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a side effect because the, the, one of the, key points uh, because I was reading the history of closure by Richiki and like one of the key points is that you know it is supposed to be hosted on something else so it was never you know uh, a, a language that is just standing on its own so that means you you have to have the knowledge of you know uh, the, the 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 host because you're running closure on top of it but I you know there is if you see other languages um, which are not hosted on JVM for example the the, the beginner experience is from zero to to that language, uh, or in some level of expertise in that language, but uh, as you said, the the people who are attracted to closure are already having JVM or something at least, 
some experience um and then they already crossed some sort of a you know uh crest yeah or something and then they they don't think about the beginner experience anymore so that makes yeah. it very difficult for people to start as a zero you know level zero programmer like i've never programmed i'm going to get into closure yeah and there's you know there's been there's been efforts to change that right like the the closure bridge program is yeah is happening but the the resources aren't quite there mm. and there isn't really uh and you know it's a it's it's this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like there's no reason to work on those resources because the yeah. audience for those resources is so small, but the audience for those resources is most, so small because there are no resources. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think you're right. I mean, it's like there, are, you need, you need a variety of learning paths and that's what Ruby does really well, you know, and JavaScript as well for that matter. There, you know, there are all kinds of different ways to approach language. Mm. Um, and it's, it's well, definitely gone. JavaScript is just, unbelievably complex and difficult to learn yeah. javascript yeah. it's 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 so 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 difficult and yet it's the most widely adopted widely used language and mm. a lot of beginners start in javascript and there's there's a couple of reasons for that one of which is when you write javascript uh you see the results of what you're writing immediately yeah. mm. which i think is very satisfying uh mm. especially when you're just starting out programming mm -hmm. uh you want to have that that reward of having made something happen. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, that's why the REPL is so nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but being able to visually see the the results of your labor is appealing in JavaScript. Mm. But the other reason is there are so many resources dedicated to teaching JavaScript from the ground mm. up. Mm. Yeah, and you know, Java like Closure is. It sh it's much easier to learn than JavaScript. It it should be. Mm. It is better designed. Uh, it's more consistent. Mm, yeah. uh, it's less syntax heavy. Yeah, like you said, there's a smaller surface area. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's you know JavaScript is just full of gotchas, and Clojure doesn't really have gotchas. Mm. Um, there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like when you uh, when you extend a map past nine values and it turns oh, from an man. ordered map to an unordered map yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know there's not a lot so there's no reason why if if it had to, like an argument that i hear is oh closure is complex or functional programming is complex or closure isn't for beginners functional mm -hmm. programming isn't for beginners but it's more intuitive there's a smaller surface area if beginners can learn JavaScript, they can learn Clojure. Yeah, and that's Com completely yeah. agree. Completely agree. But that's that's on us, right? Like, what I have I written anything to help people learn Clojure? No, uh, I'm lazy. No, no, we we are just here to complain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. uh, I do think that like the the biggest pain points aren't with the language itself, uh, hmm. or with the community, which has always been very pleasant and welcoming. Uh, yeah. I've always hmm. really enjoyed. All like I I love closure conj I you know I love the conferences. Um, mm. Strange Loop was fantastic. Mm. I want to go to Strange Loop all the time. I want to take my husband to Strange Loop. I want to like I I was just very impressed by it. Um, mm. the, you know the community is great, 
I've made lifelong friends and mentors here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the language itself is pleasant. Uh, the, the tooling is good. There's a lot of great tooling around closure. Um, and we also have mm-hmm. access to anything for better or worse, anything ever written in Java. Yeah. Right. The, the ergonomics of using the language themselves are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, for me, the biggest pain point is I am an evangelist by nature. I like mm-hmm. to, if I find something I like, I want everyone to have the opportunity to try it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how to get this good feeling and this good knowledge into the hands of other beginners. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's definitely a, a beautiful mission, I think. You know, I think we we all kind of want to do that a little bit as well. So you know, and I think there's, the, the people in the community are coming up with these things. I think, but it's but it's a bit of a, you know, maybe it had to get to a certain point at a certain where people were beginning to kind of invest their kind of like career into it, and then they started to say, okay, square it, we'll do this. Like we had we had John on recently, who's making this big YouTube thing, yeah, um, practically, you know, yeah. the practically, yeah. Um, which is really amazing. You know, he's doing like, you know, so much video content for closure yeah. these days. And he's writing like five books or six books or something. Yeah. And like you said, Karen Meyer is doing has done these kind of things. And so, you know, and obviously from day one there was no books and now there's a lot of books. So it's yeah. it's getting there, you know, but it's yeah. but but you're right, there's more always more can be done, you know, to to make it more accessible. Well, and I think that the closure script uh, side is is pretty mm-hmm. far ahead of the closure side on this, mm-hmm. um, which in part because there's a there's there is a sacred mission to uh, help people not write JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like reducing the pain in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one one undefined object at a time. <laughs> My my poor husband. So he knows he knows Kotlin and Java, and he writes Ooh. he writes Android programs. Hmm. And he got a React contract. And first hmm. he he started with a TypeScript and React, and he was like, "Oh, I don't know what you're complaining about. This is great." And then he yeah. got the actual contract, and it turned out that it was React with vanilla JavaScript. Tuh. And so he uh, <laughs> he started on it, and <clears throat> he's like, "What is Nan?" <laughs> Batman I theme song. So, why are there five different ways to say equals? Like I'm so sorry. What, what is this? <laughs> what is this? What is, yeah. this? what is this? To be fair, I since I never learned Java, I have serious what is this problems as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think in, in JavaScript, but this is this is actually nothing in uh, in in Java. It's just people just call yeah. it this. You know, it's yeah, just happens. yeah. I hate that. That's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this is yeah. nothing, but null is also nothing. But null is not this. But this can be null. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I think. Um, Wow, one and a half hour. Um, so maybe to to have some closing thoughts. So because you started from from geology, where things just don't fucking change. Well, at least in in your lifetime. That is not true. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! It, has it, hasn't the field of geology changed in the Wait. last twenty years? Unbelievably. Yes. 
Yes. No, no, no discoveries me, and stuff, you know. I'm I'm talking oh, about okay. the timeline, right? It's it's like the the the, the scale oh, right, of things. Okay. And and it, and it is Just mostly because you know, it changes slowly doesn't mean it does. Okay, look, there there are totally. You know, that, that's what I'm. I'm that that that's what my. That's question like saying is. So, astronomy so, works like that, you know. <laughs> so how do you how do you compare that with JavaScript, where like every fucking <laughs> oh, thing God. changes like, every twenty <laughs> seconds, versus you know millennia? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, geology paradigms change, right? So as mm-hmm. recently as the nineteen seventies, uh, the idea of plate tectonics was just a rumor mm. right now it's our foundational uh it's a foundational concept mm. um <clears throat> we're still working on you know now that we have all these great tools for like uh, uh we with fantastic microscopes um we are working on different ways to uh, date rocks yep mm. and that changes things right uh it changes our understanding of when things happen in different rock systems. Um, so I, I think any science is always moving. Uh, yeah. But geology I, moves I think at the, a different the big pace. difference, yeah. the, the thing you have to do is always be able to separate signal from noise. Mm-hmm. And with geology, it's a lot easier because there's a lot less noise, partially because it's peer reviewed, mm. right? With mm-hmm. anything where you have uh, new, new stuff has to go through a peer review process, what you get out the other end has at least five other lunatics saying, oh, this looks correct to me. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that whereas, what GitHub stars are? <laughs> whereas, yeah, with, uh, you know, you can totally. say that JavaScript why, that's changes. That's why left pad is like 2,000 stars or something. Awesome. <laughs> or maybe more, I don't know. Yeah. You can say that JavaScript changes every 20 minutes or whatever, but the actual yeah. paradigm shifts occur very rarely, right? The last big one mm-hmm. was uh, React. Yeah. And React is very good. Mm-hmm. But uh, And as soon as I saw React, I thought, oh, I have to pay attention to this because this is different. Mm-hmm. So being able to separate that signal from noise, it's still, it's still that's the fundamental problem. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's the same in every science. Mm-hmm. But rocks mm-hmm. do change. They're beautiful. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's you beautiful say so, dynamic yeah. system. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't doesn't isn't doesn't geology uh, doesn't geology. If you, I, mean, I, I always think of geology as a dynamic system in the sense that, like tectonic plates are moving, the Earth is heating up and cooling down. It's a very mm-hmm. you know dynamic thermal thermological system. Isn't oh, that yeah, really the basis totally. of a lot of this stuff? Yeah, we still don't totally understand how plate tectonics works, like mm-hmm. like why the plates move. We mm-hmm. have some ideas, but sometimes they just stop moving or they just go in a different direction for absolutely no reason. Mm. Yeah, uh, there must Very be a reason, right? System, Everything yeah. has a reason. Yeah, but yeah, we so don't know what it is. Sounds we like my debugging session. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, shit is yeah, working. I, I don't wish. know why, but you know, I'm not going to touch it. So <laughs> I wish we could log out. Uh, I just want to stick print lines in every <laughs> every plate boundary. Every I want layer. to know what it's doing when it because uh, like faults will change directions. So you want a repel into Earth? That's what yes. you want. Oh man! Oh, wouldn't that just be? I mean, that's why I live here. You know, where I can feel an earthquake because they're like <laughs> it's almost like having a repel. Yeah, like I'm getting some feedback. Like, <laughs> like, oh, you're still here. Thank goodness you're still moving. I'm so glad. Uh, <laughs> and on that bombshell. But, yes. <laughs> on that earthquake. 
<laughs> we come to the conclusion of episode 62 thank thanks mia for uh, for your time uh, and you know all the knowledge of uh, uh, is it that like the rocking knowledge <laughs> to use another rock pun <laughs> i'm pretty sure you've heard all of them already now so uh, this is just going to be a rehash of the same crap again um I but yeah i always like new ones Well, I think you've been a rock star. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What? A closure rock star. I mean, come on, we don't get much better. <laughs> rock star with a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. It was lovely. Thank you. Good luck with uh, with all the new adventures and um Kafka stuff and fintech things and 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 the next you know? level of recursion. Yes. Hope it all works oh, out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. One four weeks. Four weeks. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll 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 try and get the episode out before you get <laughs> the recursion so, you know, out. My Twitter account's not going to be back online until I uh, I was planning on putting it back uh, when I go into labor. I'm going to live tweet labor and delivery. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> after that I'll be able to uh, be able to retweet this. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, that's it from us for episode number 62. Uh we'll see you again in 63. Thank you for listening to this episode of Defan. And the awesome vegetarian music or the track is Melon Hamburger by Pizzeri. And the show's audio is mixed by Walter Dellert. I'm pretty sure I butchered his name. Um maybe you should insert your own name here, Dellert. Wow. If you'd like to support us, uh, please do check out our Patreon page and you can show your appreciation to all the hard work or the lack of hard work that we're doing. And um you can also catch up with uh, either Ray with me for some unexplainable reason. Uh you want to interact with us then uh, do check us out on Slack, Closure in Slack or Closureverse or on Zulip or just at us at Defend Podcast on Twitter. Enjoy your day and see you in the next episode.